Let's bless the Lord tonight. Brother Jay, preach to us the word of God. Hallelujah. Let's give that to the Lord in the name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I'll make you a deal. If you'll like me, I'll like you back. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning, this night. And if you would turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, and then I'm going to jump over to 12, 13, and 14. If you don't know where Genesis is, just come on down to the altar right now. (laughs) Hallelujah. We'll get this solved real quick. Cut to the chase. How many can say they're glad to be in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Going to verse 12. And the men said to Lot, Hast thou any besides son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. Verse 14, And Lot went out, and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city, but has seen, but he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not something that's going to be easy for me to preach. I've battled with it. But I know through prayer that, that I'm obeying the word of God. And through confirmation that Brother Hughes, un, unbeknowing to him, confirmed it the start of service, but my spirit is heavy tonight, and I pray that you, uh, you would receive this, and that anything that I would say that would contradict Brother Hughes, he is your pastor, he is your pastor, and I, I, I like to say that because we, we've got to understand in the day of, that we're living in, authority figures just, they don't exist anymore. We think that we can walk around with nobody telling us what to do, but you better be subject to somebody. Hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I, I'm thankful for uh, Brother Hughes and you, you guys allowing Cindy and I to come here and partake in your blessings and to be a part of the youth group and uh, to be a part of the young marrieds and, and, and to and rejoice with y'all. It's been a blessing for us. I think we've been here, what, two and a half years now. All right. Well, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. 
Lord, you said in your word, God, that whatever we bind on earth would be bound in heaven. Lord, and whatever is loosed on earth would be loosed in heaven, Jesus. Right now, Satan, I command you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And by the power of his blood and by the power of his word that you are a defeated foe. I command you in the name of Jesus to know your place tonight. I bind you right now, Lord. Let our ears be sensitive to your voice tonight, God. Let our hearts be opened unto your word, Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's, let's go to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's worship God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah, Lord, help me, Holy Ghost. From the 19th chapter of the book of the beginnings, I speak to you on the subject 24 hours. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. The third verse of the first chapter of Genesis introduces a sovereign God to a chaotic world. Would you please remember with me tonight this world which once was populated by angels who lost their first estate has now been cursed and plunged into utter darkness. The darkness of its time necessitated the God who was not simply a light, but the source of light. In order to bring a world out of chaos, the first thing God said was, let there be light. Notice, though he was God, the suggestion is, we can do nothing productive unless there is light. We can speak in tongues, but if there is no light... We can baptize all we want to, but if there is no light, we can sing, we can sway, jump, holler, and hoop, and I can do all of them. But if there is no light, we minister in vain. We are told of the recreation of a world, that for the recreation of a world, there must be water baptism. The Lord baptized the earth. When we were in darkness, we, when we're in darkness, we will have a tendency to lose the necessity of water baptism, the name and the blood. We have a, approached a time where we in our folly are attempting to organize a divine church. The people of the church must be organized, but not the church. Hear me one more time. The people of the church must be organized, but not the church. We have a ministry of worship, the ministry of singing and praise. We, we never know what God's going to do or when he's going to do it. We have to be ready 
to be able to worship this morning out of the clear blue. There was no power surge of the Holy Ghost. You know what there was? There was somebody that had a need and they came down to the altar. And then all of a sudden you saw and you felt the immediate response of the Holy Ghost to meet that need. Somebody stepped out on faith this morning and came up here and said, you know what? I need prayer. Hallelujah. We as a church have got to be ready to meet those needs. We cannot have such a schedule that it interferes with what God is trying to do. And so if we're going to evangelize and witness to this lost world, there must be a light and that light must come from God. Be very careful where you get your light from. Those pin lights will run out on you after a while. Be careful where you're getting your source of light. Those that preach truth, but the fruit of their spirit is vain. Those that come across as knowing the word of God, but yet don't have the full truth of the Holy Ghost. Blaze asked me the other day, he said, Daddy, what, what is that church wrong? We went, we had to go to a funeral for a church. And I said, no, son, they're not wrong. They just don't have the whole truth. They've only got part of it. They're not wrong in their worship. They're, you're never wrong when you start to worship. You're never in the wrong when you start to worship. But they haven't gotten the full truth. We are told that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. Necessities for a recreation and an evangelism then is light, water baptism in the name of Jesus, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It takes the Spirit to bring us alive. Listen to me this morning, this night. The Spirit is not simply given to us for a gift for us. The Spirit is given to us that we may become an instrument to God. Without the Spirit, you have simply a man made from the dust of the ground. Remember, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils a breath of life and man became a living soul. Notice again from Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And the Lord God formed man from this very terraforma that we walk on daily. The Lord God gave man two eyes from dust. The Lord God gave man 10 million nerve fibers through dust. The Lord God formed and shaped 208 bones in our bodies through dust. The Lord God gave man a brain that you can hold in the palm of your hand through dust. The Lord God formed over 600 muscles and put them in man through dust. But yet man could not see, hear, think, smell, or fear until the Lord God breathed life unto him. And man became a living soul. Minimize not the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Minimize not the Holy Ghost. 
get out of the notion of telling people, won't you come on over to our church? And if you're downcast and you're heavy hearted and our preacher and our singers and our music will lift you up. That's the wrong way to evangelize. That's the wrong way to witness. You don't come here for us to lift you up. You come here to help us lift Jesus up. You see, if you are lifted up, you can give me no eternal help. But Jesus said, and if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Place before us today in our scripture reading is another day and night, much like the chaotic times of the beginning. It is the time when the nephew of Abraham has found himself surrounded by the ignominy of light of night. It is a time when Abraham's nephew has found himself without direction. It is a time when Abraham's nephew has found himself without a power source to deliver a people. It was the darkness of the night. The Bible says there came two angels to Sodom at even. Would you please with me just for a little bit tonight? Let's, let's close our, our outside thinking and let's, let's leave this small city of Webster for a moment. Would you go with me just beyond the coast of Jericho and down to Zora, where now there is what they call the Dead Sea, which has buried Sodom and Gomorrah. May we resurrect for just a brief moment tonight two twin cities and learn a lesson in evangelism from them both. Sodom and Gomorrah, ladies and gentlemen, were the Paris. They were the New York, the Atlanta, the happening place of the time. Sodom and Gomorrah were, I guess if you were going to say it, the go-go city. They were the happening place to be, the New York of its time. Sodom and Gomorrah were also the height of the educational hub of its time. Sodom and Gomorrah were placed where was a place where men and women taught social reform. But in Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible tells us later in other portions of the Old Testament that there were five sins that God held against her. You are most familiar with the last sin, which happens to be sodomy. But it's in the list of the five sins that God held against Sodom and Gomorrah. Among those sins, she had an insensitive heart for mankind. Listen to me tonight to what I'm trying to tell you. God is trying to speak to us tonight. She had an insensitive heart for mankind. She had become so prosperous in her own doings, in her own makings, that she became insensitive to the need of the people of her community. And it became a sin. Another sin that she had, she became pompous and she became proud, saying, look at what we have done. Look at where we have arrived. It's now our time. It's our moment, ladies and gentlemen. It's our 15 minutes of fame. Look at what we have done. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem with Sodom and Gomorrah was that she became very 
proud. Pride always goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And so the Bible tells us that in the midst of the sins that time will not permit me tonight to outline to you, in the midst of her sins, one that she later became notorious for was homosexuality. They called it sodomy later, and and now we call it lesbianism. We call it life partners. There's all kinds of names coming out for it now. But listen to me very carefully. There must be a godly light in your daily existence. You must be careful that the news media doesn't shift you into a new movement that God understands that there's different lifestyles. And you must be careful that, that, that you don't get into a, a, a a, a movement of, you know, God understands and we're all doing what we can do. I grant you that you won't be popular with the public standing on the truths of God. But Jesus said, if you obey my words, I will never, never, never forsake you. Hallelujah. The church must make clear lines of distinction between God's love for the sinner but His hatred for the sin. The, the church must always concern itself with the sinner and must love the sinner and must never feel that she is better than the sinner. She must do everything that she can to help the sinner, recognizing not just the sinner, but recognizing where she came from herself. She must reach out her hands, even if it means getting dirty and getting bloody. To help the wounded, sometimes you're going to look like you've been wounded. So you will be criticized. But still, the church must be very clear that God hates sin and demands you to come out from among it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you don't like what I'm preaching, blame Annabelle. She started all this with me in Sunday school. Blame Sister Hughes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so now we arrive in Sodom and Gomorrah with two angels coming in and telling Lot that the cry of the wickedness of the city has gone up before God. And Lot, on tomorrow morning, on a given time, we're going to start sending a crew in here. And we're going to set this city on fire. Lot, these cities are going to be set on fire. Lot, listen to me carefully. You must know the time. And you must know that it's going to end. Well, now... How can it end, guys? We, we, we've got the university down the street, and they've reported what's going to happen in the 21st century, the 22nd century, the 23rd century. They've got all these statistics and calculations. They know when the next earthquake is going to hit. Lot, I didn't send the angels to the professor. I sent them to the preacher. You are to know the time. It's going to end, Lot. Understand time. You must understand tonight that God has set His time in course. And God never accommodates us by coming back to our time. Well, right now we follow what is called the Gregorian calendar from Pope Gregory. And in the Gregorian calendar, remember, we have regulated ourselves 
into 365 days and 12 month cycles. But ladies and gentlemen, to come from a lunar calendar and to go to a calendar developed by Pope Gregory, we still run into a problem in the reference of time. Our chronologists tell us that we're at least, at least five years behind. So the way that they do this is they just go back and get it and they say Jesus was born 5 BC. Now, how are you going to be born before you were born? They keep going back and back and back with time. And the Lord just lets the clock keep ticking. It keeps ticking and ticking. Now, I make reference to this to, to this because time begins ticking when God says, let there be light. Remember, that light was not created. God created a greater light, a lesser light, and the stars on the fourth day. This light was not created. All the other lights you read about were created. God said, let there be the reason that light was not created was because that light was from God. And so the time clock ticks. Some people say that what has happened is that we are now in a time zone and that we are going to go into eternity. We mean well, but, but that can't be right because eternity is that which ha- that has no beginning and no end. We are already in eternity. We are just within a section of eternity that is called time. And tonight I feel that time is a gift to man to prepare to meet his God. So time begins and God is very conscious about time and God ticks. And then as time goes on, he tells his creatures, be aware of the time. You must operate on time. You must live by time. Trust me when I say that the devil understands this. And if he can consume your time tonight, if he can consume your time this week with frivolous stuff and keep you distracted, he can win the battle. We always seem as though we don't have time to do the work of God. But God is talking to the church today and saying, you've got time. You just don't, you just got to learn how to prioritize your time. You've got to learn how to prioritize the time that I've given you. It's not that we don't have time. Our priorities are not straight. Hallelujah. I didn't figure on any amens there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all know it's true. Stare at me all you want. We know it's true. Hallelujah. God has given us this time, but we have yet We have not put it in priority. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the time factor is very important for witnessing and soul winning. You must not be psyched out into thinking that you have all day and all night to save the world. There is a time factor in place. So God says to Lot through the angels... Lot, in a few hours, this place is going to come 
to an end. Their beautiful cities, those beautiful cities that you see there will be destroyed and they're going to be burned to ashes and then they're going to be overcome by what will be known as the Dead Sea. And men and women will only know of Sodom and Gomorrah in an infamous way instead of a famous way. And so Lot, you have to see that the time has come. Can you imagine what, what Lot felt like? Can you imagine when he was addressed with this statement? Now, listen to me tonight. Most of the time we think about Lot as that old, sinful, ungodly man who is backslidden and went away. <clears throat> but you know what? Wait just a moment. You haven't been so straight yourself all the time. I haven't been so straight myself all the time. God had to come straighten us out too, you know. So when you look at Lot in the New Testament, there are no negative references to Lot in the New Testament. Lot, you know what the New Testament says about Lot? It says Lot is called a just man. Lot is called a righteous preacher. And Lot is called a godly man. I know about him backsliding with Abraham, backsliding with Abraham. But somewhere between Abraham and Sodom, Lot must have repented and gotten back into fellowship. Lot became a preacher. Hallelujah. Now, this is where if, you, if, if I contradict anything our pastor has told us, you know, th this is just, th this is something that has weighed heavy on me. I believe within my soul and my spirit that Sodom and Gomorrah was a doomed city and God needed a saint in Sodom. I believe within my spirit that God needed to have a preacher in Sodom. He needed prayers in Sodom. God will not condemn a city without first sending a preacher. God needed a saint in Sodom. Now, you must see out of millions of people, Lot is picked. And God says, I will use you to preach in Sodom. Lot was a preacher. The Bible says so. If you don't like it, don't get mad at me. Peter's the one that said it. He was a preacher of righteousness. You know, that's why I feel strongly that he knew the angels were coming. That's why he was waiting at the gate. That he knew his city was in trouble. That's why he said, come on, guys, let's get some food. You can go to sleep and then you can get up in the morning and go on. Lot knew that he was living in time. Lot knew his time and he knew his time had come to an end. Lot preached in Sodom. And I believe he preached the oneness of God. I just believe it. I believe he preached about Jehovah. Lot preached in Sodom about the way and about the salvation and about deliverance. Lot preached out of his own experiences. Hallelujah. Now I say this by permission because I can't back this part up. But you think with me for a moment. I believe that on Sunday at the first church of the Pentecostals of Sodom and Gomorrah, that Lot and the whole host of people came to worship. I believe that there were missionaries in Lot's church. I believe that there were deacons in Lot's church. There were choir members in Lot's church. But God sent Lot a message and said, tell the people that the end has 
come and I'm going to give them less than 24 hours to save their mother, to reach out and evangelize to their father, to get their brothers and to get their sisters. This lot will be the last night in Sodom and Gomorrah. What in the world was Lot thinking? What would you do if God himself sent an angel to tell you that you have come to the end of your time? Oh, I believe in my mind that Lot began to being the organized preacher that he was. Said, "Well, you know, you know, God, we, we, we've got to have we, we got to have a service tonight. We've got to get our outreach team together. We've got to get our youth group together. I'm calling a special meeting. Go out, put it on the television, put it on the radio, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter. Some get get the word out. We got to have a meeting. Tell them that we're having a last night service and invite everybody." in. Get the baptistry ready. Is everybody ready? Are you prepared over here? Is somebody prepared over there? Over here, lend, lend a hand to somebody. The, the controlled chaos, the sense of urgency and Lot became desperate for the salvation of souls. There were the unclean. There were the profane. And there were the ungodly. And all of them were in Sodom and Gomorrah. But there was a preacher in Sodom. There was a God in Sodom. There was a word in Sodom. And there was a light in Sodom. There is no excuse for a world to be lost when God is raising up a church to shine the light and to tell the people that there is one Lord, one faith and one baptism baptism hallelujah let's worship the lord hallelujah jesus help me holy ghost help me holy ghost jesus hallelujah 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 jesus i can see in my own mind the last church service i can see the choir singing i can see the ushers at their post I can see the people getting ready to receive a word from the preacher. But there is a man called Preacher Lot who is grieved in his heart, who says, this is my last shot as a preacher. This is the last opportunity I have to reach a man from his sins. This is my last opportunity to speak to a couple before divorce court. This is my last chance to give this young man a a loving hug before he is turned over to drugs. This is my last chance to turn around the professor that declares there is no God. This is my last chance to reach out to those who believe in Buddhism but don't believe in Jesus. This is my last chance to reach those that believe in Islam, to reach the unbelievers to reach those who preach demonic demonic spirits in worship. This is my last chance to tell them that there is a God who is concerned, who loved, who died and shed His blood and rose again for their sins. This is my last chance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
when you begin to understand your time, when you begin to see your time, then you will begin to understand the meaning of preaching, the meaning of soul winning, the meaning of coming to church. And so Lot, as he pleads with his people, let's pray here. Let's ask God to intervene. Let's ask God for the mercy of his love. The others have things to do, places to go. People have, they have urgencies out there. They don't understand the urgency of the mission. The others do not see the sensibility in putting, the sensibility of putting more funds into the cupboard. They don't see the the, the need to have an an outreaching program. They don't see the need of having their children in youth group. They don't see the need of fellowshipping as young marrieds. Ladies and gentlemen, the angel said to Lot, this is your last night. They said unto him, hear what we have to say to you. We have been sent here to put this city on fire. Hallelujah. We pray that you will tell them, that you will tell the men and women of the pending judgment that's upon them. Then they asked Lot, do you have any here, Lot, beside your sons-in-laws and your daughters? And whatever you have in the city, bring them out of this place. I'm sure that in Lot's mind, he felt that, yes, Lord, We've got 2,000 others just like me. We've got 2,000 others that believe just like me. I believe it would be the same as Brother Hughes saying, Yes, Lord, I've got a family over here that I've been talking to. Yes, Lord, we've got people that just haven't been here in a while. I know that he had the spirit of a preacher. Yes, Lord, I do have other people that believe here. He said, They all believe as you, Lot. Well, all that you have, bring them out of this city. And the Bible says that he went out and spoke to the sons-in-law. And he said unto them, Get up and prepare to move. Pack your bags. We're leaving. Why, Daddy Lot? God is going to destroy this city and He's going to set it on fire. But the Bible said it seemed to those to them like he was joking. And they said, now, you know, he's crazy. He's fanatical. He doesn't understand that that's not the way we evangelize today. God's not going to destroy this city. What they taught us about the rapture, there's no rapture. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's no, it, there's no word in the Bible about it. It's, 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 God's not going to destroy the city. What they taught us about baptism, that's not important. It's just an outward sign of an inward word. It doesn't matter what they taught us about the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, you can be saved. There's a number of ways you can be saved. You, you don't have to really speak in tongues. Everybody's got the Spirit of God when they were born. We've got to give people time, Daddy Lot. You can't just go out and tell them that. He went to his sons, and his sons said, That's foolish. He's ministering the old-fashioned way. We don't minister that way anymore, Daddy Lot. He's preaching the same things that his great father preached. That's foolish. There, we minister a new way now, Daddy Lot. Daddy's getting too old. We're not packing. We're not going anywhere. We're not, we're not going to believe this. We don't even believe in this doctrine anymore. We believe once in Christ, always in Christ. 
We believe there's nothing that you can do to be lost. We believe that God is nothing but love and He will always forgive us. And that's, and, and that's, and that there is more than just one way to heaven. There is more than just one way to heaven. If I'm stepping on your toes, go ahead and just put them under the pew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you won't, it won't work like that, Daddy Lot. Maybe in a different religion, but not in our church. You must be willing to give up everything. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. You must be willing to give up everything in order to receive the Holy Ghost and let God be your Lord, your King, and your ruler. You must be willing to lay it down. Hear me tonight. I plead with you. I plead with you. Don't get caught up in the now. Don't get caught up in the things that are out there. There is only one way to heaven. There is not multiple ways to heaven. Hallelujah. And so he seemed to them as one who mocked. And about this time... I see a stir in the family. I see Lot telling his wife, you've got to leave. And she's crying and she said, but how can we leave our daughters, Lot? They do not want to leave their husbands. And their husbands, Lot, don't see the sense in leaving Sodom and Gomorrah. And he is saying, but God said. And so Lot is telling his wife, But God said, we've got to go. She's crying and she's packing her bags and she's getting ready to go. Early in the morning, Lot has now, in my mind, been up all night convincing his daughters. Convincing his daughters, you've got to believe me. I told you not to marry those hard-headed boys in the first place. You've got to believe me. You've got to believe me today that God is coming The Bible says, and then when the morning arose, the angel hastened Lot. They said, come on, Lot, it's time. The time is up. He said, but I've got to tell one more soul. You don't have time, Lot. I've got to tell one more person. I've got to pray for one more person. You don't have time, Lot. The time is up. There's one more person that I've got to pass a track to. You don't have time, Lot. The time has come. And so the Bible says that Lot was touched by the people. He didn't want to leave. We don't want to see anybody die in sin. So the Bible says that the angel said, Arise, take thy wife and thy daughters, lest ye be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, While he lingered, the angels laid their hands on them and removed them from the gates of the city. Lot only escaped by mercy. All of our salvation will not save us, ladies and gentlemen. All of our speaking in tongues, all of our speaking in tongues will not save us. Our baptism won't save us. After you have done all that God has commanded you to do in His Word, you're still going to need bushels of mercy. Hallelujah. The Bible said, being merciful unto them, 
they took them out of the city. Notice with me tonight the instructions that they brought them forth abroad, took them out of the city and charged them. Number one, escape for thy life. Number two, look not behind thee. Number three, neither stay thou in all the plains. Number four, escape to the mountains. Number five, be aware you can be consumed after you have been saved. Be aware that you can miss out after you have spoken in tongues. Be aware that you can lose the favor of God after you have given your life to Him. Be aware, be aware, Lot. And the Bible tells us, He said, haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything until you come out. And the Bible tells us the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot into Zorah. And then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire. It was in the morning time that as they escaped, Lot told Sister Lot, whatever you do, don't look back. Don't you dare look back at what God brought you out of. Don't you dare go back to the worldly things that God brought you out of. Leave all of that junk alone. Hear me, young people. Leave that stuff alone. Don't look back. Somebody said, is it a sin? That's not the question here. Don't look back whatever you do don't look back he brought them out of the city and he told them don't look back but about this time as they begin to make their exodus out of the city Lot's wife hears the crying behind her she hears the screams of Sodom no doubt Lot's wife might have thought of her mother or she might have thought of her best friends that's now burning up in the city she heard the cries of babies going up she heard the cries going up of her best social friends that went to the social clubs with her she heard the cries of all that were around her and being uh, the caring woman that she was she became sensitive and began to cry in my mind I see one of Lot's daughters beginning to think about their husband. I see them starting to think about the husband that they left behind. I can see them saying, maybe I shouldn't have left. Maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe I shouldn't have come with Daddy Lot. And while she was worried about her husband, I can see the daughter screaming. And about that time, Lot's wife being worried about her daughter not about her fur coat that she left back there but her daughter her baby is crying her baby is hollering and she turns around to look maybe at the daughter maybe at the problem and in the moment she does she's turned into a pillar of salt I could see in my mind the daughter saying daddy daddy something's happened to mommy daddy Daddy, Daddy, something mommy is turning into a pillar of salt in front of our eyes. 
I could see Lot with big drops of tears running down his hot cheeks saying, it's okay. Daddy can't, daddy, don't you, don't you understand, daddy? Mommy is dying in front of us. And they said, daddy, don't you care? Daddy, aren't you sensitive? But daddy said, God said, don't look back. I can't afford to turn around. Yes, my friends. We have arrived at the night before. My dear fellow saints, we have arrived at the night before. Hear my voice clearly. There's got to be a church and there's got to be a people that stands up for the solid name of Jesus Christ. There's got to be a person that says within himself, I'm going to put my feet and I'm going to stand. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to waver on what I know is right. We're running out of time. Time is against us. Hallelujah. We don't have time to be like the church down on the corner. You are an apostolic church. You believe in the name of Jesus and you better never forget it. We don't have time to impress everyone with our singing and with our preaching. You don't have time to 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 Praise all the other people and try to get this skit together and this song together and this program together. We are running out of time. We are an apostolic church and we are anointed with the Holy Ghost of Jesus. Hallelujah. Please stand with me. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We don't have time. Hallelujah. I can remember, I can remember the services that I was in. And they would preach about the rapture. And I remember being so scared. But I remember after hearing those sermons, I remember finding that place within myself that said, God, I can't afford to miss this. God, I can't afford for my family to miss this. That's not a popular subject today, guys. But I'm telling you, our time is running out. We have to be aware of the time that we're in. We have to be aware of the time that we're living in. Some of us can't get past something somebody said to us or a look somebody gave to us. And yet time just keeps ticking. Some of us can't get past the wrongs that have been done on us, the lies that have been told on us. But time keeps ticking. Hallelujah. We have to realize the time. We have to understand as a church of the living God, we have to understand that this truth that we carry, this truth that we have, we have to share it. We have to not only share it, but we have to live it. Hallelujah. I remember having breakfast with Brother Elder Pugh. And I was so concerned because 
Many of my family members had left the United Pentecostal Church and went to a charismatic movement. And my heart was broken. My mind was confused. I didn't know which way to turn. My life was in chaos. And I remember sitting there and I said, Brother Pugh, I don't know what to do. All I know is that I want to know Jesus more. I just got to know him. Brother Pugh said, son, that charismatic movement is the will of God. He said, you've got to understand there has to be a bridge there. There has to be a move across that bridge. He said that bridge is going to serve two purposes. He said that bridge is going to bring non-denominational churches and different denominational churches over to the truth. But it's also going to allow those that don't want this to leave. And ladies and gentlemen, I have seen friend after friend walk away from this truth. And it hurts my soul. And it breaks my heart. But all I know to do is just stand. Just stand on the Word of God. Just stand. I'm telling you, our time is running out. Our time is at hand. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you would join me here at the front. Hallelujah, Jesus.